I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash malicious compliance, where people deliciously follow orders to a T to spite somebody. Guys, the stories today are super duper satisfying and pretty funny. So kick your feet up, grab your dog, call your grandma because we're diving in. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. So around two years ago, when I worked at a restaurant as a waiter, an obnoxious man comes in with his partner and he immediately calls me over. The guy begins asking for the most expensive item on the menu, probably to impress his partner. I began warning him that it was a very expensive menu and he should look at the menu before ordering it. So after going back and forth a couple of times and me warning him that it's really expensive, he says in a really snobby tone, Hey, do I have to call your manager or can I just order it? Now at this I obliged and he ate his meal and he said he thoroughly enjoyed it. Then comes the point where he asks for the bill. Now I don't remember the exact numbers but it amounted to around 2,300 pounds which is around $3,100 US. And the guy freaked out. He starts shouting like mad, saying why I didn't warn him, etc, etc, and why I would let him order something so outrageously expensive. I was just standing there laughing at him. His partner then left the restaurant, and he sat there to pay the bill. My manager was watching this exchange, and he was grinning when I came over, and he told me to go to the next table. I was asked for more details, so here it is. The guy spent just shy of £2,000 on a gold stake. Like gold covering, I guess you'd call it. And then he spent around £400 on two bowls of soup. I can't remember the exact soup, but the price was ridiculous, seeing as it was only two bowls. They shared the steak, and said it was amazing, and no, of course he didn't leave a tip, but my manager gave me £20 for a good job. Guys, that snobby idiot totally deserved it. I want the most expensive item on the menu so I can impress my date. Well... I'm pretty sure your date was very impressed, sir, when they saw you throwing a tantrum over a $3,100 meal. Congratulations, sir. You probably embarrassed yourself on that date. Okay, for some context, I was a full-time cook at a restaurant at a hotel. I had encountered an entitled mother at a supermarket who was determined to buy my knife sets and the bag it was in for a measly $50. I declined, and she complained to the management there, and then complained to my actual manager. Now, I had forgotten all about her for the next few months, but when her family came by for dinner, apparently she didn't forget me, or at least the restaurant I worked at. Now, on this day, it wasn't particularly busy, but we did have a few reserved tables later in the evening. At the time, I was just a line cook. It pays all right, decent hours, and the hours are pretty flexible. The special we had then was a classic steak with potatoes. When we asked how she'd like the steak done, the Karen asked for well done. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with steaks, cooking it well done without some very special preparations almost always results in an overcooked, dried-out steak that's as tough as shoe leather, with no flavor left in it. Well done does not taste good, most of the time. So the orders come in, and apparently the entire table ordered the steak special. We took special care of the well-done steak, though. Now, most of the time, a well-done steak does come out dried and overcooked, but this isn't necessarily true. 
With preparation, you can get a fairly juicy and delicious well-done steak. The steaks went out with fondant potatoes and fried shaved shallots. The line prepares for the next set of orders and we're off. About five minutes later, a waitress comes back with a well-done steak, with the complaint that the steak wasn't done well enough. Cue the confusion. Now, a well-done steak is a steak that has absolutely no red or pink at all. We examined the steak and it was cooked all the way through. The chef goes out to talk to the lady. He comes back looking disgruntled and he tells me to cook her a new steak, but she wants it extra well done. Okay, I salt, pepper, cook the crap out of a perfectly good top sirloin, plate it, and send it out. And you can guess that Karen didn't like that. I can hear the Karen screaming for a manager while her kids are saying, Come on, mom. She says, What is this crap? This tastes terrible. The manager comes out and says, Ma'am, you asked for the steak very well done. And she says, The steak is so dry, I can't possibly eat this. Her kids are saying, Mom, you're embarrassing us. This is when Karen says, I demand to speak to your chef. I asked him to make me a steak, but if he can't even cook one properly, then you should have him fired. At this point, the manager says, Ma'am, with respect, we're not responsible for steaks ordered well done. She says, What does that mean? Now at this point, enter my chef. He's my old boss and God Almighty in our kitchen. He's the Lord and Savior whose right hand holds a frying pan and in the other, a big ol' chef's knife. He says, It means that we will cook the food how you wish, but we're not responsible for how it'll taste. We cooked it extra well done like you asked, and a well done steak is at the best of times a tricky thing to do, but I think we delivered on that. Karen begins to shout some more, and he says, But... An extra well-done steak is going to, frankly speaking, taste terrible. At this point, the kitchen staff have come out to watch. A dozen other diners are watching the commotion play out, and Karen sees me. She doesn't recognize me for a second, but when she does, she turns red and starts pointing at me, saying, You! You are responsible for this crap. First, you embarrass me, and now you try to poison me with terrible food? At this, I'm making confused noises, and she says, I want him fired. I'm still shocked and confused. The manager says, ma'am, you're causing a scene. If you can't control yourself, I will have you and your family removed from the premises. At this point, Karen's husband chimes in and says, that's enough. He then gives her a look, and she purses her lips and shuts up. He says, sorry about that. Maybe the steak isn't for her. Do you have anything that'll come out quick so she can eat with us at least? The manager proceeds to get Karen something more to her taste. In this case, a roast chicken. Show's over, back to work. The chef then pulls me aside for a moment to ask if I know this woman, and I tell him I don't. The woman doesn't so much as make a single complaint until the very end. When her family leaves, her husband pays the bill, she takes the tips. It wasn't until the manager reminds me about the bad review that I remember her. We have a good laugh about it. Okay, so leave it up to a Karen to complain about an extra well-done steak, right? Extra well done. Honestly, at that point, you're better off sautéing the sole of a shoe (laughs) with a little bit of butter on it. Okay, I'm totally joking, but I'm actually very confused on how she wanted it now, what her extra well-done steak to her standards is like. Okay, so while we're on the topic of well-done food, listen to this story, guys. So quite a number of years ago, I worked at a large pizza chain, the one with the red roof. Every Tuesday evening, a group of 12 people would come in to eat, usually within 30 minutes of closing time. They would order one large vegetarian pizza with hot peppers and then ask for the pizza to be well done. 
they would also ask for chilies on the side. Now, you might think, okay, what's wrong with that? Well, a large pizza would be cut into 12 pieces. This group would come in, take up a large space, only have water, order the one pizza, and each person would have a slice. They would also leave a mess and not tip. They then start asking for more hot peppers and complaining that the pizza wasn't spicy enough. They also started sending the pizza back to be cooked more, and it was already pretty dark. Well, one day, they sent the pizza back, but this time, they asked for it to be remade, not just cooked more. At this point, it was about 15 minutes to closing. I had cleaned everything and was pretty much finishing up my shift. And of course, the manager has to appease the customers. So I start making them another pizza. The whole time I'm thinking, they want it spicy, let's give them spicy. I added a coating of chilies to the tomato sauce. I covered it with toppings and then added lots of hot peppers. They want it well done, fine, let's put it through the oven twice. The thing came out dark as a hockey puck and just smelled really spicy. I then cut the pizza and give it to the waitress. I'm now waiting to get an earful after the customer complains. I'm all prepared with my reasoning that I'm making what the customer asked for. So I finish my shift and the manager calls me over. It turns out the customer did ask to speak to the manager. Now, the customer said that it was the best pizza they've ever had since they started to come in, and it's just how they wanted it. They then asked if it could be made this way each week, and they actually left a nice tip. I love this story, malicious compliance, totally backfiring on OP, right? But hey, at least he got a tip out of it, and the customer ended up happy, so everybody wins here. But I can't imagine a hockey puck of a pizza tasting good though, but hey, to each their own, right? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I worked for a crappy airline company. Let's just make up a name and call it United Blair Lines. So at this company, they started a smaller company that they could hire and train people to run the planes, but pay them way less at certain airports. Where my colleagues at other airports were making over 20 bucks an hour, I was getting paid $10.25 for the same and sometimes more work. It would honestly scare you to know how little the people who are the ones making sure your plane takes off safely are paid. All of us had two to three jobs to be able to pay rent, and we were in the job for the benefits, free flights to anywhere in the country, on standby. Anyway, I had a boss who we'll call Jim. Now, I could tell many stories on how terrible of a boss he was, but this one has actual malicious compliance. So one day, I had to go to the hospital from the airport because of intense pain in my stomach. It turns out that because of the stress caused by my job, my intestines decided to stop functioning. Anyway, I spent the day in the hospital, and then they gave me a note saying that I didn't have to work the next two days. 
Now, I told Jim's boss, since I hated talking to Jim. When I went back to work three days later, we had five people total to load all the luggage, load the water, and push out five planes in a little over an hour. Now, that's already an incredible amount of work for so few people. We had our morning work meeting to discuss how screwed we were. Then Jim calls me into his office. He says, your attendance is unacceptable, he said. Now, I'm dumbfounded. I asked what he meant, and he said, you've been late a couple of times, and now missing the past three days? At this, I say to him, Jim, I have a note from the hospital. According to work policy, that shouldn't affect my attendance. He says, I don't care what the work policy says. I'm going to fire you. Again, I cited the work policy since we were protected by a union. I said to him, Jim, you have to give me an attendance warning before you're allowed to fire me for attendance. This is the first time I'm hearing about my attendance, so you can't fire me right now. Jim said it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you a warning right now, and when I get back from vacation next week, you're going to get fired. So go back to work. My decision is final. So I told my co-workers what happened, and then I decided, all right, if next week he's firing me, I'll just leave right now. Now, even though their day was about to be effed since now four people were working five planes, they all said, F this place. Get out of here. So I left and went to get breakfast, and this all happened at 4 a.m. So as I'm enjoying my meal, Jim calls me. I happily ignore. He calls me three more times and then texts me asking where I was at. I told him, you fired me, so why would I keep working for you? No response. I try to soak in the sight of Jim running between planes like a chicken with his head cut off. Now I don't imagine any plane took off on time that morning. I get a call from HR and the union rep and then the general manager, who's Jim's boss. They all said that Jim was wrong and asked me if I could come back to work it out, but quitting felt so good. I had such a weight lifted off my shoulders thinking about not working there anymore, so I never went back. Although this isn't satisfying, it's more of a testament of United Blair Line's complete lack of ethics. Jim got in really big trouble when he had a guy who had a shoulder injury, who had a note, telling him that he can't do super heavy labor. Jim sent him to the bag room by himself anyway. Now imagine having to lift 300 to 750 to 70 pound bags over your head per hour, all while running between the carts and the belt. Needless to say, the guy tore his shoulder and he had to get surgery on it, and they still didn't fire Jim. Instead, they promoted him to manage the workers who did ticketing and no manual labor. As far as I know, Jim still works for United. My coworkers still can't move the way he used to, two years later. Now ultimately, I would have loved to hear that Jim got fired. Like, how the heck is he still managing after all that crap happened? If HR had called me in that situation, I would have told them, he needs to be let go, regardless of my decision to come back. He's a legal liability. I would have gone to the labor board about that, and OP's coworker with a shoulder 100% should have as well. That sounds like a terrible place to work at. So last night, I was finishing up my draft of a 10-page essay that's due for my final. And it's 2am, and I was hungry, so I decided to get food somewhere. The place I go to has some bar seats, and there's three other people there in a group. So I sit down and get two orders of fries, and then talk to my waitress for probably 15 minutes, as she's an absolute sweetheart. We're talking about college and all the stress, and the entire time the three boys were cutting in. Not trying to be rude, but kind of just repeating and agreeing with our points. I guess this made them feel justified with telling me my math was wrong later. This whole time I'm eating my fries, and they're delicious for 2am garbage food. When I'm done, I get my bill and the total is $6.34. I put down $10 because that's the smallest bill I've got, and I liked her, so I tell her to keep the change. 
Now I'm getting up to leave and one of the boys stops me and says, Hey, you overtipped her. She should have gotten like 60 cents. Now at this, I stopped for like 10 seconds, trying to process what just happened before replying, That's not even 10%. I liked her, so I gave her more. What's it to you? At this, the guy shrugs at me and says, I just thought you'd want to know. Now his friends look awkward, but not embarrassed or surprised, and I'm just trying to figure out what I did to lead him think that I wanted his advice. While I'm being silent, he continues and says, Listen, when you do that, they get expectant, and then treat us like crap when we give them the right amount of tip. Now, that's wrong, because standards where I am, it's 15%, and he wanted me to give 9%. It's 2am, and I'm not having this. I really had a good time with a nice waitress and good fries, and I'm exhausted. I work in retail, and I'm used to being yelled at and berated by customers over coupons. So I just think to myself, okay, this is your chance to finally get it over on one of these idiots. So I look the boy in the face as I'm digging through my purse, and I tell him, you know what, you're right, I should change my tip. At this, the guy smiles and nods at me, and that's when I pull out the only other cash I have on hand, which is a $20 bill. I then walked right over to the waitress and hand her it, giving him my best customer service smile voice, thanking him for the idea, and then I leave. Guys, I love this malicious compliance. OP definitely made that waitress's night that evening. I would have done the same thing as well. Like, who are those guys to tell OP what she should and shouldn't tip? Just eat your food and mind your own business. So long ago, in a land a couple of hundred miles away, my father wanted to dress up the front corner of our property with a section of decorative fence and a few rose bushes. Now myself, being a teenage boy and not having a good sense to be somewhere else, I was drafted to help him out one hot July Saturday afternoon. We brought the new fence post to the corner of the lot, along with a shovel and a post hole digger, and we set about the task. It was a very long and slow process, as the clay-heavy soil was fairly dry and hard-baked, and as such, each hole was taking the better part of 20 minutes to dig. This definitely wasn't on the list of things I wanted to spend my afternoon doing, but such is life. So right about the time we started on the final hole, Mom yells to Dad from the house, announcing that he had a phone call. Now these were the days before mobile cell phones, and Dad headed off to the house, and he instructed me to keep digging until I get back. Now luckily for me, this hole went a little bit different than the first four. So about the moment he got to the door of the house, I busted through the clay layer into a much sandier soil, where I could get a couple of inches of soil in one scoop, rather than perhaps a quarter inch per scoop. Easy peasy, I thought. Now I was a good kid. I didn't cause trouble of any significant variety, and I got good grades and I helped out around the house, but seizing an opportunity for malicious compliance was definitely among my personal strengths. So I kept digging, and digging. The post holer goes in, squeeze, pull the post holer out, dump, repeat. Dad wasn't on the phone call very long, but I made good time, and by the time I saw him at the door coming back, I was quite literally putting the post holer all the way into the ground to the point where the tips of the handles were just below the surface of the ground. So if I had to guess, I'd say the hole was about 5 feet deep. Dad comes back and he says, Hey, how's it going? I tell him, I think it's deep enough now. Dad says, let's put a post in and check. Now at this point, I had a huge grin while he stoops over to pick up the post. Dad proceeds to drop the post into the hole, and it goes all the way into the hole. You see, these posts were maybe hip height when installed, probably about 5 feet long themselves. So there's Dad, momentarily struck speechless, and he looks at me and says, Why? 
I tell him, Dad, you told me to keep digging until you got back. At this, he laughs. Dad had to grab the post with his fingertips and pull it back out of the hole, and it wasn't but a few seconds of work to refill the hole to the proper depth. And to this day, he loves telling the story of his maliciously compliant son. These are the types of stories I love, guys. I had a huge smile on my face reading the story, and that's such a great memory for Opie and his dad to share forever. So Opie does come back into the comments to add, follow up. So years later, dad realized that he should have followed the call before you dig rule. It turns out that the hole I was digging was within a foot or two of an underground main power line for the neighborhood. He still has a bit of an I almost killed us guilt about it. And just to head off the puns at the pass, he was kind of shocked when he learned where that line was buried. And that my friends brings us to another end of our slash malicious compliance. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today as I sure as heck did. If you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, an entitled Karen repeatedly parks on OP's grass and destroys it. Check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.